Hello, listeners. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers online therapy, which is something I have personally benefited from and believe in. Online therapy is a tool I have used to talk things through with the therapists that are difficult before I handle talking them out with whoever is intimidating me at the moment. Turns out I am easily intimidated, but online therapy has helped me work through it. BetterHelp can help you too, because I know for me, keeping things bottled up has had a negative effect on my life and just weighed me down. When I prioritize letting it out and letting go, I feel freer, lighter, just basically better. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clink today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clink. Listeners, remember when everyone was doing juice cleanses and was basically hangry all the time? Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to lose weight. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Roe's partners handle all the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. You can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. This means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to Roe.com. Dot co slash clink. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash clink. Hi and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, White Wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like White Wine, True Crime, and In Bed by Nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are Housewives of True Crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Welcome. Welcome. Housewives of True Crime. Housewives of True Crime, how are you? Oh my goodness, I'm so good. It's so nice to see your face again. It's been a yeah. minute. Uh-huh. <laughs> For a real episode. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, so I just remembered something that I wanted to tell you that I have been holding deep inside my soul. Oh, okay. I don't think I like ever told patient. No, okay, dude. tell me. No, I don't have any of that. <laughs> Fortunately, I do not. Your secret need constipated. The Marilax. So yeah, secret constip. Yes. Okay. So I don't think I told you, but when I was coming home from our spring break, which was a minute ago, I got stopped at the airport. Did I tell you this? No. Okay. So it was just Kyla and I, Sean went home early with the boys and Kyla's bag goes through the conveyor belt and it stops in the middle, which 
usually they're looking at it. They're, you know, looking at for something. Well, I think at this point that the conveyor belt just got stuck because somebody comes over and is like, everybody move to another thing. We're clearing this one out. And mm-hmm. I am behind her. So I have to clear my stuff out and go to some other conveyor belt through the security line. I'm like, oh, so I get through and I'm like, Kyla, I guess their conveyor belt got stuck. And I'm just waiting and I'm thinking like, why don't they just stick their arm in there and grab Kyla's bag? Right. Well, no, it did not get stuck. They had to call over the explosives unit. Oh, so I'm in their tab. <laughs> like it's Kyla's bag. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? So this big guy comes over, you know, he's all explosive He's like, ma'am, is this your bag? It's like, it's my 13 year old's bag. He's like, do you have any explosives? It's like, no, do not. And so he checks all the outside and they've got all, I mean, it's like a situation, right? Right. Not just the little situation where they swab your hands. No. And so they start taking out her stuff and it's slime. That damn slime. She had slime plus it was not just the slime, but she had slime plus heated gloves because we were at the oh, snow. Geez. And so the battery yeah. plus the slime, I guess, looked like a bomb. Well, shout out to TSA for doing their job. Well, listen, I so we got there super early so we could get uh Which lunch, is amazing because I am picturing I never do. you being Yes. She's always late. She pushes it to the minute. I always walk up and they are already boarding the airplane. So thank the Lord. Somebody was looking complete one opposite of me. Yeah. I probably pulled a you because I was like, we're going to go. Well, I told you Minneapolis does not have all the, the nothing's open. So there were no lunch spots to really be had. So I'd love to have a drink before I get on a plane. Oh, at the airport. There was, that was the nicest part of Minneapolis I saw. So we went to the airport. The airport's really nicer. Um, so we went to the airport and had, well, by the time all that fiasco went by, we didn't really have that much time, but anyways, so isn't that crazy? I forgot to tell you that like the yeah. And so how was Kyla? Was she shook? She, no, girlfriend is, is calmer she's than me most, about everything. Oh my God. Yeah. Kyla Kane is confident, I cool know. as a cucumber. Yeah. I, we could all take some lessons from her. She is going to be, maybe she's going to be an FBI agent. Oh, you know what? I could see it. That might be her calling. Yeah. Yeah. I could actually yeah. see it after knowing what I do and listening to all this stuff. And she's very interested in all these stories. And remember my, she was very interested in when I was talking to the FBI agent. So I think, I think it could be her calling for sure. Well, I've been getting a little preview of what it's going to be like all summer vacation with my children spending extra time with each other. You know? Oh, did you decide to put them in camp now after that? I'm rethinking uh-huh. because let me tell you what it was like being with them on spring break. We stayed at a hotel and normally, you know, we're a family of five. So we always have to smuggle in a dog and a child. Right. Right. Standard. Okay. The dog is real small, but I am not paying. I went to one hotel. They wanted a $150 pet deposit. Yeah, No, thank non- you. Non-refundable. No, thank you. So we go to this hotel And normally our situation is a king size bed and a sofa bed that works for us. 
because we can put the cushions from the sofa bed on the ground for my son. And then the two girls stay on the sofa bed and we get the king size bed. And if someone is having a hard time, it's great. There's room for them because it's king size bed, right? Yeah. But this was a twin size sofa bed. Oh, okay. Uh huh. I was not expecting that. No, I've, so I the, don't even know if I've ever seen that. Oh, yeah. So the girls were like real cozy. And they were not happy about spending that much time together. Ruby was real quick to tell her. (laughs) No, Ruby was real quick to tell her sister, like, you know, I ate a lot of chicken wings tonight, so there's going to be farting. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) They got into the bed and Willow is like, don't fart. And she's like, I already did. Oh, my God. I already did. And they, it's just kind of like played on that forever. You know, they just, oh my gosh, your girls are so love to get each other. Yeah. They just want to get in each other's skin. Right. (laughs) And everything each other does bugs the shit out of them. Okay. I'm glad you're in that stage because we are also in that stage and it is, it's actually like, I think I have to start smoking pot or something. I think so too, because I don't, I don't know what to do. They come to me all the time and say, Wyatt said something so mean to me. And I'm like, what did he say? And it's like, your shoe was untied. And I'm like, okay, that's not mean. Yeah. And it's true. (laughs) And I'm just kidding. I'm not going to smoke pot. Okay. I'm in Texas. It's illegal. Okay. And I want to go to the FBI unit. So I'm not smoking any pot. Okay. That was just totally facade. Okay. Okay. Fallacy. Mm -hmm. It was just a maybe wishful thinking. Maybe she'll drink some lavender tea. Just a little calm down routine. You know, they have a lavender tea latte down the street from me and it is a delicioso. Isn't it? It is. It has this like funky flavor, but I kind of like it. You know, you can do lavender right or you can do it real wrong. I've had some shit that tasted like soap that was lavender flavored. But if it's subtle and they do it right, that's good shit. It's got to be subtle for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I look real tan today. Do you notice this? Looks like I got a suntan, but I really didn't. Well, you know, it's raining in California. Oh, stop it. It is. And you know what? They don't even bother to put it on the forecast. So I didn't even bring my (laughs) damn cushions in. Oh, no. It's not. It doesn't say it's going to rain. It rained yesterday and it rained this morning. And it doesn't even say. Oh, man. That is so infuriating. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to hear. Um, okay. So listen, let's get to this, but I wanted to tell you, I think this is going to be a two-parter. And if it is a two-parter, don't be worried because we're going to release it on the same exact day. That's right. It's just long. So it's better, better for us to break it up if we can. And that's what we will do if it gets to be a little long. And you know, it's just some of these cases just take a little bit more to explain, even though I am wrapping this up in a lesser version of say the Netflix documentary. So you're welcome. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This week, we are talking about a case that a lot of people already know about. So to those that have heard enough of it, I apologize. But Gretchen and I have not gone down the rabbit hole yet in this one. So I'm sure some of you haven't either. 
So here we go. Maybe your minds are like ours and you don't have all your ginkgo biloba. And you heard about it a couple of years ago, but you might want a refresher and you just really appreciate Tab's take on it. I know I will. Yeah, right. I mean, we you right. you know about it, but you don't know about it. I'm telling That's right. you. You yeah. didn't read all the books I read. I so, did not. So we definitely heard about it a couple years ago. Um, and it was brought up to us again by one of our listeners, Tina, who actually had a text conversation with this dude. And we will talk a little bit about that at the end of the episode. And that's right. I did say she was texting him, which is so bananas. So bananas. Um, And comical when we think about it. And brave. Brave girlfriend. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So we're headed to Durham, North Carolina. Durham is a big city. Have you heard about it? Gretchy? No, 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 but I feel, I do feel like I'm kind of familiar with the Carolinas with all the Murdoch. Oh, right. Murdoch. Maybe not. Durham sound, Durham is like big city, 285,000 people. It's considered the hippest place to live in North Carolina and it's the home of Duke University. It's got okay. good nightlife, restaurants, stuff to do. I don't know. Like you list, you watch that Southern charm. Is that only from South Carolina or is it North Carolina too? I can never remember. Yeah, it's whichever one Charleston is in. Okay, good. Uh, whatever one that South. is. <laughs> I think it, actually, my friend Sally is in Charleston as we speak on a girl's trip. So, ah, ah, And I wasn't invited. You know how bad I want to go, Sally. Girl. Rude. I wasn't invited either. So. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we we went, we don't need to talk about that. Anyways, okay, tell Shep I said hi, ladies. Yeah, ladies. Okay, they'll tell us how it is when they get back. I'm sure. And okay. honestly, okay. I probably couldn't have gone anyways. So there's That's, that. You're very busy, right? So there's a lot of fun stuff to do in Durham, and from the looks of it, it's not a cheapest place to live. Like for the college kids that want to live in a loft style apartment or a one bedroom, you're looking at 1100 to $1,200 for rent, which seems kind of a lot. No. Yeah. That does seem like kind of a lot. Yeah. But like what's a two bedroom. Then I would imagine uh, a two bedroom is like 15, 1600. Then you split that then $800 a month. That's not too bad. Yeah. Maybe that's not too bad. And houses go for, you know, right under a million, a million to. Oh, that's expensive. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's pretty expensive. Yeah. But it looks like a fun place to live from what I was seeing. Back in 2001, Michael and Kathleen Peterson seemed to love living there. They lived in a big ass house in the suburbs of Durham. I think it actually was the biggest house at the time, if not still one of the biggest. They had a very diverse family that seemed to be working really well for them. You see... Kathleen and Michael were both previously married and both came with some baggage as they would call it. Okay. But Michael had a little bit more baggage. So let me explain. I'm going to start with Kathleen as she had a simpler past. She was previously married and had a daughter with her first husband, Frank. Frank and Kathleen divorced, which leaves Kathleen with just one little tiny bag, you know, her daughter, Caitlin Mm -hmm. and Michael, on the other hand, married also before had two sons with his wife, Patty, and then two adopted daughters. Now let me explain more about 
these adopted daughters. I will start with Kathleen as she has a much simpler past. She was previously married and had a daughter, Caitlin, with her first husband, Frank. Frank and Kathleen then just divorced, which leaves Kathleen with one little tiny piece of baggage. Michael, on the other hand, also married before and had two sons with his first wife. However, he also had two adopted daughters. Now to explain all that, I'm going to take you back a little further and tell you more about Kathleen and Michael before they met. Okay. So I'm going to start again with Kathleen. Kathleen was born Kathleen Morris on February 21st, 1953. Kathy, as they called her growing up was a real disco biscuit. She played on her tennis team in high school. Uh, She was on the debate team and she was the editor of the school magazine. So she was a real go-getter. She then attended Duke university being the first woman in the engineering department which is wow incredible. Uh, and then when she was all grown up, she decided that she needed a more formal name than Kathy and decided Kathleen was better suited for her. I could see that. Yeah, right. This is where she met her first husband, Duke. And then after graduation, she married. She went on to get her master's degree. And finally, in 1982, she had her first daughter, Caitlin Atwater. Okay, so the husband's name is Duke. No, the in Atwater, Frank Atwater. She went to Duke and she oh, had her Duke. daughter okay. named Caitlin. Okay. Kathleen was a real career lady. You know, she was determined to be something and having kids did not stop her from going to work, which more power to you, girl. More power to you. You know, I might not have changed my name to Kathleen. I might have changed it to just Cat. I think that sounds like a real power name. I don't know. In the 80s? Cat? Kitty cat? I don't know. Fierce. I, <laughs> get out of my way. Actually, I'm it was crushing in the, this. It was in the 70s that she changed her name to Kathleen, which is what she was born as, you know? But yeah, I mean, yeah. I like the name Cat. I like the name Kathleen. Although when I'm writing this and telling it, it's a mouthful for whatever reason. Yeah. I would rather just call her Kathy. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Okay. But I am going to respect her wishes and call her Kathleen. Okay. Oh, okay. So she's dead. Kathleen's first marriage. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm glad Gretchen doesn't know because I know all of you guys listening are like, yeah, she was found at the bottom of the staircase, bitch. Okay. Um, <laughs> Kathleen's first marriage would eventually take a turn for the worst after, according to a book, called Written in Blood by Diane Fanning. Kathleen's first husband was having an affair. And in 1990 or 1987, these two divorced. Okay. Now, Michael Peterson, he was born October 23rd, 1943. He also attended Duke University and was a pretty go-getter type of guy. Didn't have the grades that Kathleen did, but I would say, dude, if you're going to Duke, you're you're doing pretty good. Oh, yeah, you got to be smarty pants just to get in. Yeah, that's what I think too. Now, both of them did go to Duke, but they are 10 years age difference. She's 10 years younger than Michael, so they did not know each other at the time, obviously. Michael wrote for the school paper. He joined the Air Force RTC. And then after undergrad, Michael entered law school where he stayed for only one year. 
Then he married his longtime sweetheart, Patty. He went to Vietnam as a contractor and then decided that he was going to join the Marines and go back to Vietnam. Michael, Michael was like, he's, he always has been one of those guys that like, doesn't like when things are not the way, like are portrayed, not the way that they appear. And he thought that Vietnam was like that. Okay. So he would eventually write all about his experience in Vietnam because he thought whatever the media was saying was not actually what was happening, which I think is true. After Vietnam, Michael and Patty lived in Japan where he was in a real bad car accident and it resulted in the death of his friend and a really bad leg leg injury to himself and left him walking with a limp. From there, Patty and Mike would live in Germany and they would kind of go back and forth from Germany to Durham, jumping back and forth. Michael decided he would become a writer at this point and he wrote about his experience in Vietnam. Patty, she was a teacher at the base in Germany. So she would teach all the, you know, military kids. Okay. They would have two boys by 1976 and while in Germany and teaching, um, the Petersons would become best friends with the Ratliffs, George and Liz Ratliff. The Ratliffs were like family because obviously like they lived really far from family. So their best friends were kind of like family, Liz and Patty taught together and Liz became like an aunt to the boys. She also was one of the boys godmothers. George and Liz had two girls, Margaret and Martha, who were just a few years younger than Patty and Michael's boys. In 1983, George, the husband of Liz, the you know best friend guy, he was on a secret duty away because he was also in the military and he suddenly died. Oh, not exactly sure how he died. I have looked it up. It's like one publication said he died in a car crash. Another one said he died in his sleep. Another one said he was on a secret mission. He was 34 years old. He was in the Air Force. I think it's weird that he just all of a sudden died on his autopsy. It says unknown death. So he wasn't in he wasn't in Germany. He was in Panama. So I don't know. He just somehow died. So at this point, Liz is a single mom. She moved next to the Petersons, which were her best friends, so that they could help her care for her kids. Tragedy would then strike the Ratliff's home once again in 1985 when um, Liz was, I think, just like 42 or 43. She uh, and her kids, by the way, I think the youngest was like 18 months old. She would die also. Which, oh, so that's how they adopted the That's the how they adopted the two girls. I'll get into her death later, um, but this is when Michael and Patty took over guardianship of the two girls. And according to that book that I referenced, Written in Blood by Diane Fanning, after George's death, Michael helped Liz get her will together and she left her kids to the Petersons, which kind of makes sense because... They were the closest to them and they also were in Germany and Liz's family was in the States. So 
I don't know, you probably would do that with your God parents of your children. Well, yeah. I mean, I just am thinking that is real unfortunate that she didn't live long enough because living next door to your bestie sounds oh, ideal. Totally. You never, you never have to drive home after you've had Wine. some cocktails. You could just whoop. Uh, I mean, oh, shoots. That sounds good. Seriously. It sounds so good too, because then you're like, Hey, I'm just going to send my kids over real quick so I can go to the grocery store and like uh, you vice can send versa. your kids home. Yeah. You could just leave them at home. I know. Be like, call me. Yeah. If right. Something happens. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they didn't even get to do that because her kids were like 18 months old. You can't even leave them yet. Oh yeah. Well, too young. Too young. Mm-hmm. So Margaret and Martha were Liz's kids names and, um, they would eventually, I mean, they would go and live with Patty and Mike. Patty and Mike would eventually move back to Durham. And this is where Margaret and Martha would meet a friend in the neighborhood named Caitlin. Kathleen and Caitlin were neighbors to the Petersons. Margaret and Martha were the same age as Caitlin, so they became fast friends. Patty and Mike at this time seemed to also be great friends, but not great lovers. The courtship between mm-hmm. Michael and Patty seemed to be more of a contract and less about like a relationship bliss, you know, like you want in a marriage. Right. And Patty also felt like she didn't really sign up to take on a second family, meaning the girls. So she wanted to go back to Germany. She loved it there. Michael, on the other hand, had met Caitlin's mom, Kathleen, and Kathleen was cute and fun and driven. And Michael was like, sign me up for that. You know, she's like, okay, way more fun than Patty. Mm -hmm. Listeners, today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. Are you busy? Well, of course you are. And if you're like me, that means you put off investing because maybe it just doesn't seem urgent or it's intimidating. Enter Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just spare change. Acorns recommends an expert bill portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. What I love about Acorns is that it gives you the tool to give your money a chance to grow. You don't have to start with a lot. Just start. Believe me, it feels great. Head to acorns.com slash clink or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Client testimonial may not be representative of all clients. Tier one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash clink. Investing involves risk, including the loss of the principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors LLC Acorns is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities LLC member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. This episode is sponsored by Astapro. Thanks, Astapro, for providing Tab and I with samples. Shout out to all my allergy suffering friends out there. 
You know how they say it's that time of year for allergies? Well, for me, it sort of feels like it's always that time of year. I thought I had tried everything until I recently discovered Astapro. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. It's faster, bro. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Clink, clink. You have heard me talk about my language learning skills with Rosetta Stone, and I'm telling you, I'm getting really good at it. I learned a little bit of Japanese before we went to Japan last year, and I really love the French language, so I'm learning French at the moment. Bonjour, bonsoir. I'm even getting a little bit of the accent down. Not very good, but I'm I'm getting there. And with Rosetta Stone, it makes it so easy. I download it on my phone. I learn it in the car. It is awesome. You can do it on your desktop, wherever you find it convenient. They are there for you. And they have 25 languages, you guys, that you can use. And right now they are giving a lifetime membership for 50% off. So you can learn as many languages as you want for your entire life, which is amazing. And the best part is it starts off, you know, with just words and then phrases and then sentences. And then you should be able to have a conversation with somebody that also knows the language, which is, you know, my entire goal. So don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now. Seriously, get started before your summer vacay the our listeners get 50% off the lifetime membership that's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life redeem it today at rosettastone.com forward slash today I'm back again talking about Rakuten. Rakuten is where it's at. It is the smartest way to shop. Members earn cash back on everything they buy and can maximize savings by stacking cash on top of other deals like store sales and coupons. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores like Walmart, Urban Outfitters, Expedia, places you already shop for sure. So why not be saving while doing it? How it works is the stores pay a commission for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the commission with its members. You get paid via check or PayPal quarterly. Rakuten has over 17 million members saving and Rakuten members have earned over 4.6 billion in cash back. Membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cash back really adds up. Clink, clink. Fun fact, listeners. Actually, not so fun fact. Did you know we're eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic a week? Yep, that's right. The products we're using every day are ultimately contaminating our water supply, generating hundreds of microplastics that we end up ingesting. 
So Blue Land set out to do something about it by eliminating the need for single-use plastics in the products we reach for the most. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful, cohesive design that look great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Refills start at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. It's really a game changer because it's such a space saver in my crazy life. No more bulky bottles of liquid filling up my cabinets and my Costco cart. I love it. And you will love this. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink. You won't want to miss this. blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash clink to get 15% off. However, you know, they are married. And so... And Patty, she's like one of those ladies that's like once married, always married. Even if she gets divorced, she still thinks she's married kind of person. people don't like change. Yeah. Well, listen, change is good. Pull off the Band-Aid, people. Seriously. Sometimes I think that about my volleyball team. It's like, do we have to go to another another awful tournament that we're going to get smoked? Okay. So anyways, Patty um, eventually would move back to Germany with um, Michael and the boys, but it didn't last long. Michael would eventually go back to Durham, bring the girls with him and the boys would stay in Germany with Patty. At this point, Michael moves in with Kathleen and they live together as this like blended family right away. And Kathleen loved it because she only had that one girl. So having like two more girls in the house that were like the same age as her daughter, it was like, it was, you know, it was like friendship right away for her daughter. Yeah. I mean, Patty sounds like kind of a bitch for like ditching out on the two girls. I would say that I felt that way also. I'm sorry. I'm going to be a little judgy McJudgerson, but it's like your friend's kids. Yeah. So from what I have read and heard is that Patty was not the maternal type at all. So, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Sounds like it. You know, there's some people that just aren't right. And they I would kids. take your children and, and I would not leave them with Jeremiah to raise with some I know, other bitch. Right? Just Dude, so you know, I know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, God, Liz is probably like, what the fuck, Patty? You're my best friend. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. let your husband take my girls back to like the States. This is not what yeah. I was writing in my will. I'm going to haunt your ass now. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But it worked out like Michael and Kathleen, they had like an amazing, amazing family. Um, And it actually would grow even bigger because the boys, once they graduated high school, they would also move to the States and live with their dad and Kathleen. Well, yeah, because their mom's a bitch. (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) Thankfully, this house that they had was 10,000 square feet and had a bazillion rooms. So it was no problem to have like all these kids in their house. Now, by all accounts, Michael and Kathleen had a marriage made in heaven. And this is straight from the mouths of all their kids, all their friends, and all of their family. They had fun. They didn't really fight. They knew each other. Well, they didn't have to see each other. They lived in a 10,000 square foot (laughs) house. Right. They probably even had a maid. 
Shoot. Of course they did. <laughs> big houses are overrated. I need a big yard for like to be social, have a party. But a big house is just more to clean. It is a lot to clean. 10,000 square feet is a lot to clean. But I'm sure, sure. It, I think that I'm sure it makes a, for a good marriage. It seemed to. From what it sounds yeah. like, they, they have separate wings. Oh, right. Yeah. You go over here when you're in a fight. You don't have to like. Yeah decide to like stay in the kitchen or go take a shower or something yeah, like you that. just hide from them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Kathleen really, like I said, she enjoyed having this big family because Caitlin was her only biological child and it took a lot for her to get pregnant with Caitlin. So, you know, it just, it worked. She was a real hard worker at her job and she was like one of those ladies that's Like when I get off work, we're going to have dinner and we're all going to be at the table having dinner. And that's what they did. Kathleen also Mm. was the breadwinner of the family, because like I said, Michael was a writer and writers make decent money if they have book deals and it comes in large chunks, but then it like goes away until you get another book deal, you know? So that's kind of what happened with Michael. He, he came into money he had some money, then he would like write and hope for another book deal kind of thing. He also wrote for the Herald, um, in their like local paper. And this is where he would kind of blast the local government and the politicians and the police force. He did not like how Durham still came off a bit racist He also thought there was a lot of injustice in the state and he wasn't afraid to talk about it in the paper. Okay. I like it. I like he's exposeer. He is an exposeer. He actually ran for mayor in 1999 because he wanted to change the city. He, and at the time that I'm telling the story of, he was running for the city council. He really did want to be the change that Durham needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all those classes at Duke get you thinking, right? It's probably thinking you can true. Change something. Yeah. yeah. In actuality, you're going to get your ass in jail. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I would say these two did a pretty good job at raising their kids. They, um, they are not perfect. I will tell you one of their children, the oldest Clayton, Michael's son, he was a bit of a wild child. He did not make good decisions as a young uh, adult. He actually had to go to prison. Let me tell you. At 19, he made a pipe bomb and he put it in his school admin building, which he was at Duke at the time also. So he was a smarty pants like his father, but he says he did this because he wanted to steal the school ID equipment to make fake IDs for him and his buddies to like get alcohol at the supermarket, I guess. Okay. Yeah. That's a bad kid. Yes. That's bad. I'm sorry. I usually I'll give you a pass on a lot, but I mean, that's pretty bad explosives. And I mean, making the fake IDs, I'd probably give you a pass for, but doing it via explosives. That is where it's bad. Yeah. It's really bad. So he says that he was he made the bomb, but not to detonate. I mean, why would you even fucking make a bomb? That sounds crazy. 
AF. Yeah. No bomb okay. making. So yeah, I do not like that. Um, and the police didn't like that either. He went to prison for four years, which he took a plea deal. And I would say that's probably a really good move because definitely he could have gone to prison for a long ass time. Yeah. Um, and he was only 19. So he went to prison for four years after he got out of prison. He did go back to college, which I'm like, good for you. He went, that is good. He went back to North Carolina state university where he would graduate with honors and be the valid Victorian. Well, prison did him good then. I think so. <laughs> I'm like, that, Holy shit. That's nice. Yeah. Okay. Really that's is. a wrap. Let's end there. Okay. <laughs> you want to end there? <laughs> We're going to end in one second, but okay. So then the other kids all freaking went to college too, which is like so amazing. I am like real impressed that you got all, what is it? Five of these kids to go to college. Yeah. I mean, one kind of fucking went off the deep end for a hot moment, but after four years, he's back getting the valid Victorian. I mean, that's hard, 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 hard. Okay. So life was good. Um, okay. Life was really good until one fateful night of December 8th, 2001. It started off really good. Mike got a call that they wanted to make a movie out of his book. That was amazing. Todd and one of his Todd was one of his sons, by the way, him and his friend were going to a Christmas party and these two lovebirds, Kathleen and Michael were going to celebrate this book deal by watching the movie American Sweethearts. They rented it from Blockbuster. If you remember that. I do. Oh, you do remember Blockbuster. I was trying to think to myself, like, did we rent DVDs from Blockbuster? We did, right? We did rent DVDs and like those. I mostly remember the big boxes you had to walk up to the counter with. So I shared a Blockbuster account with a boyfriend. I thought we were definitely going to get married. Oh, me too. I think Chris Mm -hmm. and I had a Blockbuster account together. Mm -hmm. We thought we were going to get married also, but turns Mm -hmm. out. Wasn't in the cards for either one of us. It wasn't. It's okay. Um, So. They get the blockbuster movie, they drink some wine, and late, late that night, early into the next morning of December 9th, the two of them decide to go grab a smoke and sit by their pool. Now, it was December in North Carolina, however, it was a warmer night in the upper 50s, and although Kathleen did not smoke, she did smoke time to time, so I don't... I. Does that mean she smoked? I don't really think don't so. Don't we all? Right? <laughs> yeah. So I have friends that do that. I won't name any names, Gretchen. But yeah, sure. I'll take a ciggy after a couple cocktails. Yeah. Sure. So one of my friends, she gets those Virginia Slims and she's like, thinks she's so cute. Sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give me a cigar. Shoot. Oh, a cigar. Shoot. I did that in Cuba. I smoked a cigar in Cuba. It was like, yeah, it's kind of hot. <laughs> I don't, I have a picture of it. It's not so hot. <laughs> Um, okay. So Kathleen gets a call that night from a coworker that says she needs to send her an email because they can't, they have a conference call the first thing that next morning, Kathleen doesn't have her computer. So she asks her to send that email to Michael's email while the two are just chilling out by the pool. Kathleen gets tired and she says, you know what? I got to call it. I've got that early morning call. And so she makes her way inside. 
Michael hangs out outside for a while. He smoked his pipe, which if you watch the staircase on Netflix, you'll see he smokes his pipe everywhere. So I don't know why he stayed outside, but he says he just was enjoying the night and I'll give him that. Okay. Okay. Pipe smoking, not sexy. Not and That's just at like all. dipping. Dipping, not sexy with the tobacco mm-hmm. in the mouth, which my husband will partake in periodically. And it my, is very disgusting. I hate it. I think it's so yucky. But and also the pipe, not, it's not, not sexy. It's not sexy. I, I think Sherlock a chick Holmes, all dressed no. up with a cigar or a sicky, that's kind of sexy. Okay. That's why I do it. Because <laughs> you think you're sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be one of the cool kids. Yeah. Well, yeah. when Michael came back inside the house, he found horror. He found Kathleen oh. at the bottom of the stairs in a pool of blood and barely breathing. Well, that's not sexy either. That's tragic. That is really tragic. He uh, immediately calls 911, which I will play the 911 tape here for all of you who have not heard it. And for those of you that have the one millionth time, you can hear it again. Storm 911, Dispatching the ambulance no, while I ask you questions. I mean, I don't know. I'd like to know a little bit more about ambulance statistics. I mean, eight minutes doesn't sound like they were slacking. I don't know. It sounds too long to me, but maybe it's not. I don't know. Eight minutes, like, I don't know. I think it could be life or death. In Kathy's case, or Kathleen's case, it I don't think it mattered. I think she was on her way out. Um As soon as they arrived, so did Todd, the son. He had just arrived back from the party. Once they check out Kathleen, they realized quickly that she was gone. Michael at this point is flipping the F out. He is in like a total state of shock. He's pacing back and forth. And his son is the one that had to break the news to say like, dad, Kathleen is gone. And when he did, he runs over to Kathleen's body. He lays on her and he's just crying. At this point, the police arrive and the amount of blood that they see around Kathleen's body and on the staircase walls is real suspicious. They immediately think something does not look right. It does not look like your typical fall down the stairs and they start treating this scene as a crime scene. Um, and the only problem here is that we've already had like a bunch of people walking all over everywhere. You know, I mean, Michael's brought her towels laid on her. He is her wife. So I would think I would do that too. If this is my husband. Yeah. Um, but I am going to stop there Gretchy. And I will go into now after the, what happened to Kathleen, um, I will go into what 
happen at the crime scene, as we will call it, and um, how that unfolds in the next episode. So you don't know at all because you didn't even know Kathleen was not living. Well, no, but I didn't. I bet, you know, I'm I'm as smart as our listeners are. I mean, I figured somebody probably died. (laughs) Well, it could have been Michael. Well, you know. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that amazing though? Sometimes I do hear you tell a story and I catch myself like shocked. That, oh, well, you know? yeah. Uh, especially about those like Lululemon girls. You never knew that that chick was like the killer that killer. That was, I did not I know, know where that one was going. Yep. Okay. So um, just fast forward to the next episode and I promise you I will finish this one out for all of you. Um, if you have to get to work because you know you have a commute and you're going to pick this back up when you get back into your car, then thank you for listening. And while you're at work or wherever you are, Go to our social media pages and follow us. And if you haven't given us a review, please do. Also, I have shout outs because I promised a couple of our listeners that I was going to give them a shout out. And I will tell you, Mallory Meeks. Shout out, Mallory. And also, um, Sarah Detweiler. I think that's how you say it. Detweiler. I don't know. One of those. Sarah, Sarah. Sarah, Sarah. I love the name Sarah. This one is also for you. So girls, thank you for listening. Also on that same thread was Darcy Durham. She was giving us a case. So thanks for sending cases. If you have more, you can always email them to us at housewivesofthetruecrime at gmail.com or you can send them through any of our social media accounts. Also, if you haven't looked at our YouTube, please do and subscribe. Um, We'll catch you in just a second when you go to the next episode. Clink, clink. Clink, clink.